Hey, it's Drex from This Week Health Cyber and Risk Community, and I want to invite you to our next webinar. It's going to focus on what else? Defending health data. I'll be chatting with experts from Rubrik and Microsoft. Register right now at thisweekhealth.com slash rubric webinar. That's all one string, R-U-B-R-I-K webinar, thisweekhealth.com slash rubric webinar. See you online soon. Today in health IT, is it time for wartime leadership in healthcare? Doing this from a post on LinkedIn. Thought it would be an interesting conversation. I want to explore what that actually means. My name is Bill Russell. I'm a former CIO for a 16 hospital system and creator of This Week Health, a set of channels and events dedicated to transform healthcare, one connection at a time. We want to thank our show sponsors who are investing in developing the next generation of health leaders, SureTest, Artisite, Parlance, Certify Health, Notable, and ServiceNow. Check them out at thisweekhealth.com slash today. All right, let's see. Oh, one last thing. Share this podcast with a friend or colleague. Use it as a foundation for daily or weekly discussions on the topics that are relevant to you and the industry. They can subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, here we go. Drex DeFord posted, is it time for wartime cyber leadership? And this comes from a, another post that he is reposting from Derek A. That's all it is, is Derek A. There are two types of leaders, peacetime leaders and wartime leaders. Over the last 10 years, we've seen cybersecurity filled with peacetime leaders. They've built programs that largely focused on showing off useless metrics, buying snake oil tools that are good for their own resumes, and doubling down on consuming staff time with process and policy work. The rapid rise of fast-moving ransomware groups is highlighting the shortcomings of peacetime leaders and the programs they've built, as well as the money they've wasted. The recent post-breach departures of the Clorox and Microsoft CISO, as well as the SEC action against Tim Brown and SolarWinds are gaining he headlines outside of our tech rags, appearing in places like Forbes and the Wall Street Journal. Yesterday, I wrote about the show pony cyber programs. The pivot is coming and more boards, CIOs and CFOs are going to start to ask if they've funded the show pony cyber program and if it's time to hire a wartime cyber leader to make rapid advances. There's flaws in this thinking. I'm gonna come back to them. Let me keep going. This is just an interesting post in and of itself. When CISOs get fired after a breach, it's not because they were the scapegoat, they own the breach. The CEO and CIO realize they have the wrong person in the role and need a wartime leader who can get things done quickly. The leader who sets a clear vision of victory and then executes on that vision with violence of action. Wow, not in healthcare. Anyway, we'll keep going. <laughs> the show pony programs that were built over the last few years have nothing to do to counter the TTPs and attackers are using most teenage ransomware groups are running playbooks from 2016 and are easily beating over-educated and certified corporate cyber teams. The peacetime leader has excuses of being unable to counter that playbook due to not wanting to rock the boat or upset users because the focus hasn't been on countering those TTPs and defeating the, defeating the enemy. It's been on building a policy and process machine that doesn't fight. If you've worked in an org post-breach about wartime leaders, any task that's not critical to winning the war is a task that's ignored. Process, policy, and unwritten corporate rules are broken 
daily for the sake of speed and winning the war. Anyone who deviates from the stated objectives or slow walks work normally or are slow walks work quickly finds themselves looking for a new job. Winning is the first, second, and third most important goal. Things you were told you couldn't do before the breach will be things that get done in the weeks or days following. Non-performing tools and people will both exit the org at speed. The pivot is coming. Some will exit leadership roles under different excuses. Others will be forced out and few will show that they can quickly transition from peacetime to wartime leaders. But the days of the show pony riding non-technical cyber suite, cyber, yeah, cyber suite leaders are coming to an end. He's a picture of Patton, which is always menacing. And a couple comments below. One of the ones that's interesting, Matthew Franz says, Patton and MacArthur are generally considered toxic leaders by most historians with Eisenhower, Nimitz, and Marshall being positive role models. And he cites a book that has that. My initial comments on this, I put this in the post, is where do we draw the line? Peacetime chief medical officer, CEO, and CIO with a wartime CISO and CFO. Won't there have to be a recognition of the war at every leadership position, even if they recognize, is that enough? Do the do they actually have to lead differently? So it's important to recognize we're at war. Every met by every metric, we are at war when it comes to cybersecurity. Period. Like end of discussion. If you're not hiring a wartime leader, you're hiring the wrong person. We are at war in cybersecurity. Now, when he defines a wartime leader, it's important to note he's he's talking about somebody who operates. Actually, I'm going to give you the example which will bring this home very quickly. The way we operated in the pandemic circa March 1st of 2020 through probably, I don't know, let's say October 1st of 2020. Nothing else matters. We're in, a, we're in a battle mode. We've got to get this done, this done, this done. No excuse will be tolerated. We're going to get this done. I don't care what it takes. We're going to plow through this. We're going to get this done. And we're going to be effective. We're going to fight this battle and we're going to win this battle. And it was all leaders. It wasn't just the CISO trying to swim upstream and say, hey, we're at war, we're at war. Everyone recognized we were at war. It was the pandemic. The, the enemy was obvious. It was every day, every night, every mask you saw reminded you, we are in the middle of a pandemic. Things need to get done and they need to be done quickly and effectively. And we're at the middle of this battle. We are the front line of this battle. That was obvious. What leadership needs to understand, what boards need to understand, and hopefully they do at this point is, we are at war. We are in a cyber war. It is going on right now. You are being attacked at this very second. Tens and thousands of times a minute, you're being attacked. It depends what your health system you're at. But it used to be they were after the big ones. They're after all of them now. Big, small, because they've identified that if you get into a small one, you still get paid. And, you know, might as well put some of your, what does he call them, teenage hackers on some of the smaller ones and see if they can't get in because they haven't proven that they can stop the teenage hacker playbook. 
So I want to go back to something he says here. The pivot is coming and more boards, CEOs, CIOs, and CFOs are going to start to ask if they funded a show pony cyber program and if it's time to hire a wartime cyber leader to make rapid advances. I'm going to do a post. By the way, these are my last four posts of the year on the Today Show. And then you'll we'll be back on January 2nd, 3rd, something like that. 2nd or 3rd. I forget which is a Monday of that week. But we'll be back after this. So these are my last four. I will probably do a show this week on Elon Musk because I just finished the book. It's a big book. I feel like I should say something about it after consuming that much time consuming the book. It's Isaacson's book on Elon Musk. I think it's a must read. I think Jobs' book is also a must read. I think it, it tempers all this, the other stuff that you read and hear out in the world. And so if you've read, if you've read Steve Jobs' uh, biography from Isaacson, it tempers the deification that is going on around Steve Jobs. Oh my gosh, Steve Jobs was amazing. Let's get something straight. Elon Musk, Steve Jobs are great. They are great at a handful of things. They were just, just beyond anything we've seen in our lifetime. Being able to, Steve Jobs was the ultimate showman. He, he, he could tell a story better than anybody. He could, he could take that story and he could create a brand from that story. He also identified what was the most important thing around building that brand. He also was able to drive engineers, mostly insane, but he was able to drive them beyond their capabilities to build something that was truly unique. Elon Musk also has that ability. He has that ability to build things and to solve problems that no one else has been able to solve and to drive engineers to solve problems that they couldn't solve. At the end of the day, it's important to realize when you hire someone like this, now you can't hire Elon Musk, you don't hire Steve Jobs, but when you hire someone, when you say, I want to bring in a wartime CISO, understand what you're hiring. You're hiring Patton, you're hiring MacArthur, you're hiring these kinds of leaders who were just, they were difficult people. They saw everything through that prism of we're at war. It never let up. It was relentless. Their, their discussions, the things they asked for, the things that it's like, it's, you watch the movie Patton, and I don't know how historic, historically accurate it is, but I remember watching it as a kid growing up. And he was like, we got to go right into Russia. Now, Russia was an ally. And he was essentially saying, we need to go right into Russia. Now, you look back on it in history and you're like, oh, maybe he was right. No, he wasn't. He, you don't go from one world war to the next world war immediately following but that's how a wartime person, we're always at war. For a wartime CISA, we are always at war. That's what you're hiring. You're hiring a difficult person. You're hiring somebody who is constantly going to be coming in saying, we need to spend more money here. We need to hire the right people. We need to do these programs. We need to ask doctors to do dual factor authentication. And not only that, beyond that, we need to we need to encrypt everything at, at, at rest and in motion. We need to, and they are going to have relentless, relentlessly push because they know we're at war and we are at war and they're going to push for those things. Now, you can get misaligned. This was my point. You can get misaligned. That's what you're asking for when you're saying, hey, we want those kinds of CISOs. And I do believe we need those kinds of CISOs because we're at war. But if the CEO, the board, the CIO and the CFO are not in alignment, if they're not wartime people, they're going to tire of this person very quickly. I put as much of the blame 
on the boards, the CIOs, and the CFOs who do not understand cybersecurity. Many CEOs still do not understand technology. They talk about innovation, they talk about those things, but they haven't spent the time to dive in. In the Musk book, he dives into all of it, to Neuralink, to rockets, to cars. So to say a CEO can't understand every aspect of the healthcare system is a bunch of baloney. They choose not to. CEOs need to understand technology and they need to understand cybersecurity at a level that they do not currently understand it today. And to say, oh, my job's bigger than that. I trust people to do that. No, there are certain things you have to understand. If you're being attacked every day by adversaries, you need to take the time to sit down with your CISO and understand what they're saying and potentially educate yourself on what those attacks mean and and essentially be able to weigh in on the conversation at a level you haven't weighed in on before. And so as a board, if your CEO doesn't understand cybersecurity, if every time they need to talk about cybersecurity, they bring somebody in to talk about it, they might not be the right CEO. You might need a wartime CEO. And by the way, you probably need a wartime CEO because healthcare is under attack, period. From a financial standpoint, it's under attack. You need a wartime CEO, a wartime CFO, a wartime CISO, and probably a wartime CIO. They need to view everything as uh, our existence is under attack. There are tons of people coming for your revenue, for your patients, and they're coming for your data, and they're coming for your doctors. It, it is really time to rethink what we think the role is of CEO, CIO, CFO, and definitely CISO. Because if that's not obvious to you that we're under attack every day on the cybersecurity front, then you're not seeing things clearly. With that being said, we need alignment. We cannot have teams that some think we're at war and some don't we think we're at war. And the people who control the money don't think we're at war, while the people who are in the trenches know we are at war. Anyway, I thought that would be an interesting discussion. And if you are sharing this with your teams and your friends or colleagues, I'd love to hear what you guys think. Talk about it. See if you agree with me, disagree with me, and let me know. Bill at thisweekhealth.com. That's all for today. Don't forget, share this podcast with a friend or colleague. We want to thank our channel sponsors who are investing in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders. SureTest, Artisite, Parlance, Certify Health, Notable, and ServiceNow. Check them out at thisweekhealth.com slash today. Thanks for listening. That's all for now.